This is the Berman Method podcast featuring Dr. Jake Berman and physician assistant Jenny Berman. We are here to treat problems and not symptoms. Disclaimer, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and not to treat anyone or to give medical advice. If you are interested in any information that we are giving and would like to use this for yourself, we recommend that you contact your primary care physician or reach out to us and ask us questions about yourself specifically. Enjoy. And we're rolling, baby. The Berman Method Podcast. Dr. Jake Berman with my co-hosts over here. Jenny Berman, physician assistant. Vera K. Bermanator. And Vera K. She's dancing all around. Active today. Very active. Smiling, dancing. Yeah, I love it. We're getting smiles on demand now. This is the best. Probably going to start talking here in a minute. (laughs) Cool. Hope everybody had a great week. Last week, we talked a lot about, or Jenny talked a lot about autoimmune diseases, specifically Hashimoto's. However, if you don't, if you do have an autoimmune disease and it's not Hashimoto's, you still need to listen to the whole podcast because it's the same thing regardless of what it is. If it's an autoimmune disease, it's coming from your gut. So go back and listen to it. If you know somebody that has an autoimmune disease, please forward that last podcast to them because it is really, really important. Yes, agreed. Autoimmune disease, like Jake said, just go back and listen to the podcast, but your your gut is your second brain. That was the take-home message. That's what we need to remember going into each and every day and trying to focus on our health and our longevity. If your gut is unhealthy, you are not going to live the longest, highest quality of life imaginable. Yeah, man. So today we're switching areas. Yeah, we're switching gears into the physical aspect. Today, I want to talk about the sciatica. Ooh, I thought I had that a couple of weeks ago. The sciatica. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, I've been doing this a very long time now, or at least I think it's a long time to me in the relevant scheme of doing things. And the amount of people who have back pain that automatically diagnose it or self-diagnose it as sciatica is crazy. It's pretty much the majority of self-diagnosis that I hear over the years is I got sciatica. I'm like, okay, what's your symptoms? And it's like everybody describes their symptoms a little bit differently. However, the one most common thing is they say that they have ridiculous pain. The pain goes down my butt, goes down the back of my leg. I can feel it tingling in my foot. So they call it the sciatica. Of course, they go on Dr. Google and that's what it says. You got pain running down the back of your leg. It's sciatica. Well, it is, isn't it? Not so fast. Okay. Not so fast because I think, don't quote me on this. It's been a while since I've looked at the official definition. I should have Googled it right before this podcast started. However, back in my day, the definition of sciatica is or was the sciatic nerve had compression and or tension on the sciatic nerve itself, primarily from the piriformis muscle that gets, quote unquote, too tight. I'm doing air quotes right now. Your piriformis muscle gets too tight. So it cinches down the sciatic nerve and puts pressure on it, which causes pain to shoot down your leg. 
Now, what I'm here to tell you is it is very, very rare that that is actually true, meaning that the piriformis muscle gets so tight that it actually puts tension on the sciatic nerve, which causes pain to run down the back of your leg. It is extremely rare that that's the case. At least nine times out of 10, specifically for people over the age of 40, nine times out of 10, if you got pain running down the back of your leg, it's because your pelvis is out of place. You have pelvis instability, specifically your sacral iliac joint, your SI joint. You can Google this all you want. Your SI joint gets a little sloppy back there. And when I'm saying a little sloppy, I'm talking about a fraction of an inch. I mean, it just barely moves. It's not a crazy move. It doesn't go out of place a quarter inch or even a half inch or even an inch, anything like that. It just kind of slips out of place, just a hair. And when that occurs, the muscles that cross that joint, that cross from your sacrum to your pelvis, or I'm sorry, your sacrum to your hip and a lot of the glute muscles, those muscles get overworked and underpaid. And they essentially go into a spasm. When those muscles spasm, that can create the ridiculous symptoms that go down the back of your leg. So I tell you all that just to give you a background on what's really causing the symptoms going down your leg because so many times people are saying, I've tried stretching, I've tried rolling it out on a foam roller, I've tried icing it. That might give you a little bit of temporary relief, but you don't want to stretch an overstretched muscle. Think about that. When your pelvis goes out of place, that's making the muscle longer, stretching it, because now it has to span the length of even a further distance. And that's what causes it to flare up. So you're going to try to fix it by stretching it even more? Yeah. I mean, it's going to give you some temporary relief. It's like, oh, yeah, that kind of feels like it's in the general area, but it doesn't last. Then you're going to foam roll it. You're going to go lay on that foam roller and get it going. Now, I'm a fan of everything that I've said so far as far as stretching, foam rolling, icing. Well, I really don't like stretching, but I do like foam rolling and icing. Those are great. But you've got to fix the pelvis instability first or the pelvis misalignment first. And it's super easy. You don't have to go to the chiropractor to adjust your pelvis. You don't even have to come to me to adjust your pelvis. You can literally do it yourself. I've got tons of videos on my YouTube page that shows you how to readjust your pelvis on your own. And it could be as simple as getting down on the ground and then getting back up again, just using your right leg and not your left leg. That will mobilize you back into place. It could be that simple. But what if my sciatic's on my left side? I don't care which side it's on. I really don't. Okay. So you only get up and down with your right leg and not your left. Yeah. I don't want this to be a diagnosing or uh, self-treatment episode here. So make sure that you take everything I say with a grain of salt. And here's your disclaimer. Consult your, your physical therapist or whoever before you do any of this stuff. What I'm trying to say is it's really, really simple to fix sciatica. Not easy, but simple. Not easy, but simple. And then the other thing I want everybody to know is a lot of times people start catastrophizing and say, okay, I think this sciatica might be a pinched nerve. 
It might be a herniated disc. And then you start Googling that and you see what's the treatment for a herniated disc or a pinched nerve. Surgery. Surgery. Oh, no. (laughs) It's like, wait a second. Now my brain is way over here thinking that I might have to have surgery on my, my back. But it could be literally as simple as readjusting your pelvis and then strengthening the muscles that caused it to go out of place in the first place. Very, very simple, not easy, very, very simple. And that's how easy it could be to avoid surgery altogether, to avoid pain pills, right? Yes, (laughs) I'm following. So we have the back pain going down our leg. We Google, it's pinched nerve, we need surgery. When in all reality, it could actually be the SI joint or the sacroiliac joint and a little bit of pelvic instability, and we need a pelvic correction, but we don't, <laughs> we don't need to actually go to the chiropractor. We need to focus on stabilizing our pelvis with physical therapy <laughs> and strengthening the muscles around the pelvis. Did I do a good job? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty good. The The thing that I want everybody to know is, you know, I'm not hating on chiropractors out here. One of my really good friends is a chiropractor. What I am trying to say is they're going to manipulate you back into proper alignment, quote unquote, proper alignment. But there's a reason why you came out of alignment in the first place. And we've got to address the reason why you came out of alignment in the first place. That's the important part is yes, the chiropractor or, or the physical therapist can fix the pelvis correction, but we need to know how to maintain that fixed pelvis correction. We need to know why it came out in the first place. What do we need to do to be able to maintain it? Right. So let me give you my story, my recent story back from, I don't know, 2018 or a few years ago where I thought that I had compression on my left sciatic nerve. I thought that there was compression on my nerve root or something. I, you know, I was just, I was catastrophizing. I didn't know what was going on. What I did know was every time I was in the standing position and I went to bend over to touch my toes, I felt a lot of tension in the back of my left leg up to my back and I didn't feel anything at all on my right leg. So what that's telling me is the only thing that goes from your back to your foot is your sciatic nerve. There's no muscle that goes that far. So I'm saying, okay, I've got tension on this nerve. I think I need to get in there and try to release that tension somehow with a a lacrosse ball or an elbow, have one of my therapists dig in there with an elbow or get a manipulation or something. I don't know. I was catastrophizing because... We are all too subjective to be objective. We are all too subjective to be objective means that I cannot self-diagnose. I can't do it because there's too much subjectivity going along, going around in my brain. I can't do it. So I have to have somebody else diagnose me. I have to have somebody else put their hands on me and figure out what's going on. And 100% of the time, it's different from what I think it is. So I tried to stretch my sciatic nerve and do all these things that I thought were the right thing to do, kept fixing my pelvis probably 20, 30, 40, 50 times a day just to make sure my pelvis was in place. And it just never really got to where it was 100% better. 
Till finally I had my therapist check me out. I said, okay, I, I can't figure this out. I got this sciatic nerve tension. Help me figure it out. So they go take me through pre-test measurements and we're we've my object or uh, my equivocal sign. An equivocal sign is something that you test pre-intervention, then you do an intervention, then you retest it post-intervention to see if your intervention was successful or not. So we call that an equivocal sign. So my equivocal sign was I felt tension as I bent over, standing up, bending over to touch my toes. I felt it go down the back of my left leg. So we get on the table and my therapists are uh, testing me and they end up finding out that this is down the back of my left leg. But what they found was my right glute was not firing 100%. Like it just wasn't firing the way that it should. So we spent 15 minutes of trying to jumpstart my right glute and get it firing again and getting it actually contracting very well. And then just for fun, we said, okay, let's retest it. So I stood up off the table and bent over and touched my toes. And the tension down the back of my left leg was at least 90% better than it was pre-treatment. And I'm going, what the hell? That doesn't even make any sense. I mean, we never even touched the left side. We never did any soft tissue work on the left side. We never even mobilized anything, no joint mobilization or anything. The only thing we did was work on getting my right glute firing again, and then stood up, bent over, touched my toes, and that tension was at least 90% gone. And so why? Why does making one side... A muscle on one side activate, make the tension on the other side better. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole on this podcast. Never mind. Just because it'll lose everybody. But what I can tell you as in layman's terms as possible is think of your body as a system. If one area in, in the body is not working then something somewhere else in the body is going to have to overwork. So my right glute was not doing its job. So my left side, my left leg, my left glute, my whole entire left leg had to overwork to compensate for the lack of work that was being done on the right side. Overworked, underpaid, creates inflammation and aggravation. So just by getting the right side working again, was able to tell the, I'm doing air quotes again, tell the system that there's more harmony in the system or more equilibrium, more balance within the system. And it was able to take the tension away. So, I mean, this is not magic. There's nothing crazy or unique, nothing special about this. All it is, is we're looking at this from an objective standpoint, no x-rays, no MRIs, What is the body telling us? So what I'm gathering the moral is here is that if we're experiencing back pain, sciatic pain, pain down our leg, SI, sacroiliac pain, that most likely what's going on is that one side of the body is working harder and the other other side of the body is not working, which is causing this inflammatory process and the pain. 
Yes, we can definitely say that. And one of my favorite sayings over the years has become, where it is, it ain't. Where it is, it ain't. Where the pain is, ain't where the problem is. So, so often, my knees hurting, my back's hurting, my shoulders hurting, my neck's hurting. We always have this spot that we poke on. Everybody comes into my office poking on a spot. It's right here. It's right there. If you could just get rid of that pain right there, I'd be fine. It is never there. I mean, it is so rare that it is there where the problem is. Where the, It is so rare that the problem is where the pain is. And it's usually only after a trauma. You fell on your knee, so your knee hurts. Okay, yes, the problem's there and the pain is there. However, use the knee, for example. When your knee's hurting, nine times out of ten, it's because your glute is not working. Your butt muscle's not working. How many times have we talked about that on this podcast? 11 billion? 11 billion and one. Yeah. 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 So there's no doubt in my mind. If I were to get an MRI right now, I'm sure there would be some type of bulging disc or herniated disc in my lumbar spine that would show up on that MRI. And I could very easily say that that is what was causing my pain. But I'm sure that that's still there. If I were to get an MRI today versus if I got an MRI four years ago, there would be no difference. So we can't say that a bulging disc or a herniated disc is causing pain when that doesn't change, but the pain does. Right. Because you're no longer having pain. You're exercising every day. You're deadlifting. You're doing all the the heavy things without pain with just putting a lot of focus on making sure your glutes are firing the way they're supposed to. Exactly. And it's something that never ends, meaning that I'll spend a month focusing on making sure my right glute is working. And then a month later, my right glute will be stronger than my left glute. And that could cause an issue down the road if I didn't get rechecked by my therapist. They'll say, okay, yeah, right side's doing fine, but now the left side is slightly less. So it's a constant balancing act. You have to keep getting checked objectively because you're too subjective to do it. And I guess you, I say you have to keep doing it. You don't have to keep doing anything. This is America, greatest country in the world. This isn't communism. So you don't have to do nothing you don't want to do. What I'm trying to say is if you want to keep living your best life, if you want to maintain a high quality of life, pain is one of the biggest thieves of quality of life that there is. When people are in pain, it is really hard for them to have a high quality of life. You just... It just drains it drains the quality out of everything. You don't like doing things anymore because it hurts. And it doesn't have to be that way. I actually read a stat yesterday that said after the age of 30, we have a 1% to 2% loss of muscle mass per year if we are not doing the proper strength training and protein intake to maintain muscle mass. It's called sarcopenia, loss of muscle mass. So 1% to 2% per year of muscle mass loss if we are not focused on our strength training and our protein intake after the age of 30. So with that being said, and kind of where Jake has been going with this, is if you want to live your highest quality life and the longest highest quality of life, we have to focus on continuous strength training, making sure that our muscles are activating and that they are activating the right way to maintain strength 
while also consuming enough protein to prevent a loss of muscle mass, weakness, and pain and injury. Yes, and it's the details that's most important. So maintaining strength doesn't mean just going to the gym and doing the big movements three or four or five or six or even seven times a week. And I, what I mean by big movements is squats, deadlifts, bench press, push-ups, lat pull-downs, pull-ups, whatever. Those are all big movements. What I'm talking about is the details, meaning that there's at least a handful of days a month where I will take the entire workout and not really do anything big. I'll just focus on the very small movements, making sure that my glutes are firing at the end of the range, meaning terminal hip extension, terminal knee extension, all those things, working on making sure that I have control of the entire range of motion. And that works really well for me versus you, Jenny. You spend every single workout day doing big muscle movements and high intensity interval trainings and you do great until something flares up on you then when something flares up on you then we have to spend some time working on the little baby movements again as vera's waking up she didn't she didn't like that you were talking bad about me she didn't like it i wasn't talking bad about you i was just telling the truth yeah it's true i I don't focus enough on the the small movements or the rehab exercises, and I'm aware of that. I try, I'm try. i trying to do better and doing more of them, but I also know that I have to check in with physical therapy on a regular basis and make sure that I'm doing my exercises correctly. Yeah. yeah. So at the end of the day, what I want everybody to take away from this is Jenny's going to step away for a minute and calm Vera down and I'll wrap things up is just because you have an issue and you went on to Dr. Google or WebMD and you think you got it figured out doesn't mean that that's where it is. Remember this saying, this is a big take-home message for everybody. Where it is, it ain't. And what I'm talking about is non-traumatic pain. If you didn't have an accident, you didn't fall, you didn't do something and something just started hurting or even in sciatica, here's a good Example of sciatica. I didn't do anything. I just sneezed and my back went out. I just bent over to pick up a pencil and my back went out. Come on. Where it is, it ain't. Just because you have that pain running down your leg doesn't mean that's where the problem is. Chances are the problem is on the opposite side. Would not be surprised one bit at all. If you do have back pain, herniated disc, compression, sciatica, hip pain, SI joint pain, whatever it is, that's our bread and butter. That's at least 75% of what we deal with on a daily basis. So if you want a more durable back, if you want to, this is the what I was looking for. If you want an anti-fragile back, if you don't want to feel vulnerable, if you don't want to consider yourself as having a bad back, you need to come see us. We've even created an online program where it's four modules sent directly to your email. And I think it's like a hundred bucks or something like that. And it's going to go over the basic fundamentals of how to have an anti-fragile back. So if any of that interests you, or if you know somebody that it might interest them, make sure you forward this email to them. We'll link that online program in the show notes. And... I hope that everybody remembers where it is it ain't. Where the pain is ain't where the problem is.
Treat problems, not symptoms. Thanks for coming back, Mama. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Happy Monday. Ciao Have for now. Week. Ciao for now. Thank you for subscribing on your social media and podcast platforms to The Berman Method. Dr. Jake Berman with Berman Physical Therapy and Jenny Berman, Physician Assistant with Berman Health and Wellness. You can find more information on our website, www.bermanpt.com for physical therapy, bermanpt.com forward slash wellness for the health and wellness. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and on your podcast platform. So be sure to follow us, like us, subscribe to us. And if you would like any further information, definitely visit our website and reach out to us. You may also find our free reports on the websites as well, where you can download this free information for yourself. Have a great day.